Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Reagan, joined by John. And today we're going to be talking mainly basketball news. Uh, so things are heating up as we're moving closer to the final. Who are the remaining teams right now? We've got the Warriors, Lakers, mm-hmm. Celtics, Celtics, 76ers. 76ers yep. You've got the um, Nuggets, Suns. They're playing as well. Uh, and then, let me check here. There one, there's one other team. Who's the Heat playing? The Heat versus the Knicks. Thank you. Okay, Heat's Knicks. Mm-hmm. All Let's those. Well, the night the Celtics play, the 76ers, so now we'll make it game two. And then the other game, the only other game that's not in game two is the uh, Warriors, Lakers. Okay, well, let's start there. Lakers won last night by, it wasn't a big margin, was it? No, it was like five points. So, do you think the Warriors have a chance to beat the Lakers? I do. I think the Warriors, I think they match up really well, like we talked about on Monday before this game even, you know, tipped off. But I think there's, after watching the footage, I think there's there's certain key positional battles that are going to have to be won uh by each squad if they want if they want to win and we talked about it that it's not going to just be curry and lebron that's going to make each of these teams win it's going to be who's around them uh and i think it's going to really be lebron james and curry i think that's the first battle you have to watch when you're talking about this series and who's gonna have success but then after that i think it's looney versus anthony davis uh both of them i think had like 20 rebounds yesterday but anthony davis had 30 points looney only had like 10 I don't really look at Looney as a, a scorer. I more look at him as a rebounder. That's how he beat uh, Sabonis. He just out-rebounded, blocked him out, did everything possible to keep him out of the paint and out of the re- out of the off the boards. Anthony Davis has turned uh, that against him a little bit and made it, his life miserable by getting those twenty-three rebounds uh, and you know you know counterpunching counterpunching sorry uh, Looney and not allowing him to just dominate and control the tempo and the paint. So that's a battle. We're going to watch and see who ends up winning it. Is it going to be Looney? Is it going to be Anthony Davis? I think that sets the tone for how this whole series is going to go because rebounds wins basketball games and you need to have second chance opportunities and you want more than your opponents and whoever is in the trenches doing more um, for the squad can push it either way for either uh, the Lakers or the Warriors. The other guys I look at, I look at Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell if you're if you're the, the Lakers. And I look at um, Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole, if you're if you're the Warriors, and I think these two these group of guys are the guys that are going to be the extra pieces that are necessary to push them over the edge. Now you can say to yourself, what about Draymond Green? What about Andrew Wiggins? These guys that have also made an impact and have helped this squad. I would say they both have a place in this Warriors team. Draymond's more of a rebounding guy. Uh, he gets a few points, not that much um and then if you're looking at Andrew Wiggins he's he's done a, a, a decent job helping his Warriors team get points but when you really look at this team you look at the Warriors if you're just a casual fan sitting in your couch and you're watching the game the guys you'll probably know are Steph Curry, Looney, uh, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole because those are the guys that are talked about the most and the reason for that is when Curry is not on the floor everyone's looking for Poole to step up and make plays Right, and when Curry's not on the floor or Poole's not on the floor, it's Clay Thompson. So I really look for those guys to get you know decent points per game, and, and you know and and play their position. I think they both had 27 and 25 points. If you're looking at Clay Thompson and Poole, uh, while 
D'Angelo Russell had 19, and Austin Reeves had 10. Austin Reeves, though, can turn the tide of a game very easily. We've seen that in the last uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies in that series where Austin Reeves just single-handedly destroyed the, the Memphis Grizzlies at times and helped and give them an extra little boost. And then D'Angelo Russell can definitely be the guy that can carry the rock uh, and get you going. But those are the battles that I see. Those are the three that I say would turn the tides for either team and, and kind of push them in the right direction. I think in this game or the game yesterday, the game that we're talking about now, I think the reason that the Warriors or the, the Warriors lost that game was because of Anthony Davis scoring 30 points and getting 23 rebounds. Uh, when you're able to be that dominant inside and you're able to keep Looney to only you know 20 rebounds and um, 10 points, you're going to really be able to turn the tides of the game and allow him to you know more set the tone for the rest of the squad. Um, so really, if you look at the late, if you're looking at the Warriors and what they have to do to succeed next, I would say stop Anthony Davis. Whether that's double teaming him or whatever the case may be, you got to keep him in check. Uh, I, I think Curry and LeBron James are both going to have sensational games throughout this series. I think that's just how it's really going to be. But how well can Jordan Poole play? Can he play in the clutch and score? We saw right before halftime, he went on a little bit of a hot streak, got like nine points, started hitting a lot of threes. But when they really needed him at the end of the game, right before, because they had like a three opportunity, he put it up, just missed wildly. And then the Lakers were able to get the ball back. They had to foul. And that's why they ended up losing by five points because no one was there to wrap up the game for him. So they're going to have to really rely on him a lot more. So if you're the Lakers, I would recommend just swarming him when Clay Thompson and Curry are not on the floor and make their other guys uh, make plays and, and make them have to be, be the people that are scoring. So that's kind of what I see in this series. I say now after watching this game, I can say a little bit more confidently that this could definitely go to a game seven this particular series. Uh, just because I think both these teams are, you know, matched up so well, and both these teams have so much to prove, uh, as far as their their legacies, if you will. Um, both these teams are, you know, championship teams. Both these guys, teams have championship players that have had a lot of success in the league. So I think there's a lot of expectation on them. So I would say that this is going to be a very important game series for them, and I think there's gonna be a lot at stake for them. So I expect it to be in a lot of games to be decided. All right. Yep. Looking forward to that series and seeing if Curry can have another 50-point game in clutch. Uh, let's talk about the Celtics' loss against 76ers last night and whether we're going to have to continue to see that for the rest of the series. I would hope not. I would think the Celtics would be able to turn things around and you know, turn the tides of this of this series. James Harden, you know, single-handedly destroyed um the the seventy or the seventy six sorry the Celtics and gave them no chance of coming back into that game. I think he had like close to fifty points by himself. No Joel Embiid. Um, it was just Celtics not being good enough and down the stretch not playing well enough, not doing what is necessary to slow down the seventy sixers team. Going punch for punch, they got into a shootout situation, which against a good healthy James Harden that's on is a horrible idea. But if you get into a situation where James Harden isn't on and he, you know, goes 0 for 6 from 3 at the first half, you can get into a situation where you go in a shootout with this 76ers team because there really isn't that guy to, that you would say could dominate. I mean, there's not really that guy that you could say would um, destroy you, right? There's not that, like, P.J. Tucker wouldn't really worry about him. Um, you know, there's Maxi. I would say he would be someone you have to keep an eye on every now and again at, Throughout the series, at the first game of the series, he played pretty decently. But everything was going through James Harden. There wasn't someone else that you point to and say, oh, yeah, we have to really worry about him going down the stretch. And James Harden has been so off and on. I remember 
last season talking about the 76ers team and how no one had confidence in James Harden's ability to lead this team to any sort of success. Uh, and we know that Joel Embiid is injured. He has, I think, like a knee injury that's going to keep him out. He just got voted to MVP um, a couple of days ago. I think it was yesterday. So they'll probably rest him, make sure he's healthy, make sure he's in the right shape. But if you're the Celtics, just forget what, you know, what the 76ers team is doing and just do what you do well, whether that's J- Jason Tatum knocking down all the threes and playing that sort of game, Robert Williams, you know, getting in the paint and blocking a lot of guys. Al Horford can also do that. We saw him get some nice blocks, some quality blocks in there. But it's just going to really be, I think, what you're going to end up seeing is a lot of double teams on James Harden. I think that's really what they're going to do at coming out of the gate. Just try to slow him down and keep him in check and take take your chance with the other guys because we know that Marcus Murray is a good defensive player. We know Jalen Brown is a good defensive player. We know Al Horford can definitely be a very good uh, key piece. Um, and you're going to have to really play with that and, and see what you can do. But I saw a stat. I think it was Grant Williams that they were talking about. But he, like, didn't shoot a single shot, like, at all that entire game. He can't have that. Like, you need everyone participating. They need to just shooting. not have Grant Williams on the floor. I think after the season it should be just no more. But also when he's on the team and, and they're playing, you're going to have to get a lot of shots up. Regardless if you're missing, you just have to take shots because, you know, the more shots you take, the more makes you're going to make. Um, but I think it's really going to have to come down to their best against the Celtics' best, uh, and that's Jason Tatum versus James Harden. And at this time when Joel Embiid may or may not be playing, I haven't seen an official announcement on that yet, but everyone was talking about the media how he shouldn't be playing. That would be dumb to keep him playing. Is the other argument to make that it is the smartest thing to have him play uh, just to you know control the situation and start to kind of um, – you know, put this away, but at the same time, that injury is something you don't want to make worse. But if he's not playing, there is no reason the Celtics team should be losing any more games. They should be in firm control the rest of the series until Joel Embiid comes back, and then you could argue that there could be a little more struggle. But even the Nets, who I think improved without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because they're not going to be off the court through injuries, but at the same time, they played really well and stayed close with the 76ers team, nearly beating them multiple times. If they can do that, the Celtics are 10 times better than the Nets, and they should be able to have success down the stretch and, and be able to win uh, be able to win these games. So I think I would think... And I, I, on Monday, I said that I think they were going to lose a trap game against the 76ers team. So I made mean, that's the game. But I fully expect them to turn around and make this a very competitive series. And that's just a, I guess, blip, if you will, on the screen as far as their ability to win in, in advance. Yep, I hope so. I'm excited to be watching that game. All right, let's pan over to some NFL trade news. Aaron Rodgers, as I think most people know, is now going to be what do you think about that, going to the New York Jets. Do you have an opinion on that? I don't know how it's going to be. Uh, I, I think we... I think that Aaron Rodgers probably should have retired when he was at his peak because he he had a couple good seasons, and he probably should have just retired after that. But I don't know. It could go either way because now they've got you said there's like five other Packers players <laughs> migrating to New York with him, so maybe he'll be able to do something with a new organization, but. I think the Jets are just trying to get a team that actually works together because they've just been really struggling with quarterbacks and okay. everything for the past couple of years. But, like, what do you think? Because, like, they bring Aaron Rodgers over, and Aaron Rodgers has been really good in the passing game and made some really good passes and some pinpoint accuracy passes. But as soon as Devontae Adams was gone and out of the picture for the Green Bay Packers yeah. and he went to Vegas – 
the Packers got into the playoffs and just got obliterated. I mean, they just stood no chance. And they played the San Francisco 49ers at home in the tundra where it should be their home field. They look like the cold was bothering them more than San Francisco boys. Like, is he going to be lethal down the stretch? And is he at that point anymore in his career? Well, that's, that's why. That's kind of why I said he should have retired. Because I don't think he's at his prime anymore. I don't think he's at the point where you can do what some of these other quarterbacks do, where they go move teams and have success like that. I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Especially with, like I said, the Jets team is struggling to find its identity still. Yeah, and I think at the same time, like like we talked about on Monday, like they already have good a good offense. Like Brees Hall has been playing really well in the running game before he got injured. Garrett Wilson has been playing really well in the wide receiver room. They have some Corey Davis. Like they have good players that they've attached to this team and they haven't they're growing and they're starting to figure out who they are as a team. You put Aaron Rodgers here, Aaron Rodgers is gonna have his list of demands and they have already taken root. Yeah. And they, this team is no longer gonna look the same because these rookies, these guys that are these rising stars are going to have to sit behind the likes of Randall Cobb and whoever he decides to else to bring in. And it's not like it's bringing in veteran talent that's going to boost everything. I feel like it's bringing in just too it's too old. He needs to he needs to be done playing the game probably. And like also like we talked about like they gave away first round picks, late round picks, draft picks from next season. Yeah. For Aaron Rodgers who will probably not play past the season. True. And you're just going to say to yourself this is worth it? Like even if they won the Super Bowl. Like let's say best case scenario Jets fans are losing their minds. They, they got what they were looking for, uh, and they're able to do it. Oh, great. Next season, Randall Cobb's gone. Aaron Rodgers gone. All the guys. Yeah, and I still don't. I don't think that they can get a Super Bowl win probably with that team. Anyways, I think that Rodgers was trying to relive the glory days with Randall Cobb, and it's not. It's just it's it's over. I mean, we saw it when they brought him into the Packers uniform when they brought Randall Cobb back after being pretty much. Uh, and then they just gone. Like we did, no one heard of Randall Cobb. And then he comes back. They play together for a season. It wasn't that great. What do you expect yeah. it to change? Um, plus, I agree with you. That's my prediction. I think this Packers team gets the wild card. Expectations through the roof. Like season tickets sell out. Everyone's hype about the new Aaron Rodgers era Jets, which I'm not even going to call an era until it's proven that he stays for longer than two years. But this situation with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they get to the wild card and they're playing in the AFC. So they're going to have to, at some point play Buffalo. They're going to play Kansas city, the Bengals, the Titans. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. There's, there's no chance. They're going to have to go through the gauntlet. If you can't beat the NFC where the NFC was at last season, where the only two good teams were like Philadelphia and like the San Francisco 49ers, Seattle was, you know, you could beat them. You could beat a lot of the team, the Rams. You could definitely beat them. Like these teams are going to be going. And the Miami Dolphins are in the AFC. Like you're, you moved to the hardest conference in the NFL, and you think that's going to have you succeed in a team that hasn't had success in forever? <laughs> I don't even. I, I can't. I couldn't tell you how long, but like more than a decade of drought as far as playoffs are concerned. It's going to be a hard road for you. The Jet fans, I think, are a little too optimistic about Mr. Aaron Rodgers, but I do think this. The one positive I will say is Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis and Brees Hall and these guys that are on this offense are going to get some of the most, some of the best passes they're going to ever get in their entire career um, because Aaron Rodgers, I think, has one of the best uh, pinpoint accuracy passing of anyone that's still left in the league. Like Tom Brady probably liked him out there, but now that he is gone, this is that's probably his strong suit. And then, one thing I forgot to mention also 
is Aaron Rodgers doesn't exactly have a pair of legs that can get you from point A to point B, right? He can't get you outside the pocket and run. And these defenders are getting like lighter as far as defensive ends and linebackers are getting lighter, faster. They don't have to really block. They just do a lot of safety, but stuff like that. You can get after Aaron Rodgers, and you can get, and you can get, you know, start to kind of dominate or start to like kind of come after him a little bit. You're going to have a little bit of a struggle. So I think there's a lot of stuff stacking up against this Jets team. The optimism is through the roof. And one thing I've learned about the NFL is that when optimism is at the highest, the the results are usually never at that expectation, especially for teams that you're rooting for as the underdogs that haven't succeeded in a while. So we'll see what happens with Mr. Aaron Rodgers when they step on that football field when he laces up for the first time, which is going to be weird seeing him in a yeah. different color green than yeah. the one he's been in for the last Yeah, we'll have to years. see. I think the cons definitely outweigh any pros, um, especially long-term for the Jets. Like you said, they kind of sold away their future. But we'll have to see. Good luck, Zach Wilson, trying to figure out where you sit within this whole. Puzzle. Yeah, that's that's a real that's a real bad You're situation. Screwed. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. We'll have more basketball playoff news coming up very soon down the stretch, and hopefully the Celtics win tonight. Yeah, go Celtics. See you. God bless. You.